Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Nature Notes with our naturalist friend Jim Gilbert, brought to us by Cardinal Corner and By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. We'll talk to Jim in just a moment. I want to talk a little bit about Lee and Pam, my friends there at Cardinal Corner. Well, of course, we sprang forward, was that last week? Daylight saving time. That means birds have more daylight to feed and play, too, for that matter. Pam and Lee say that in March, we need to start thinking of nesting birds, starting with wood ducks and bluebirds. They have at Cardinal Corner a beautiful Peterson bluebird kits that will help you attract bluebirds to your yard, maybe start a bluebird trail. Uh, and don't forget, you're going to get the freshest bird seed in town from Cardinal Corner. They also have a monthly newsletter, which is absolutely free. All kinds of tips and stories. Just visit their website to uh, sign up. We'll give you that in a moment. But stop in. I hope you do. See Lee and Pam in West St. Paul, Butler and South Robert. Great stores. Uh, Amy's at the Newport Center location. Call them, 651-455-6556, or visit them online at cardinalcorner.com. Sign up for that monthly newsletter. Cardinal Corner really is more than just a bird seed store. Well, good morning, Jim. It is uh, currently and legally, I was going to say legally. <laughs> Maybe that's well, true, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. 24 degrees is our uh, current official temperature. You know, I think it, it's pretty even. Uh, it's even because of the cloud cover. Uh-huh. We also have overcast, cloudy, 24 degrees on the northwest side of Lake Waconia, about 30 miles west of downtown Minneapolis. And I was standing outside and listening to the birds. There's a couple American crows calling and but there were two neighborhood northern cardinals singing what cheer over and over and over. Just a beautiful, beautiful sound. Uh, sunrise today, seven twenty two, sunset seven twenty one. So today in the Twin Cities Neary we have eleven hours, fifty nine minutes of daylight. And we're gaining daylight at the rate of three minutes plus a few seconds each day. We've gained 22 minutes of daylight since last Sunday in a total of, and I think this is so interesting, three hours and 13 minutes. That's what we've gained since the winter solstice on December 21st. Now, the 11 hours, 59 minutes of daylight that we have today, um, three days before the vernal equinox, is what we will experience next September 26th three days after the autumnal equinox. The normal high for today is 42, normal low 25. Records for today, and this is totally amazing, uh, March 17th in the Twin Cities, high 80, said in 2012, seven years ago. I remember it very well. I'll talk about that in a little bit, too. A record low, minus 8, 78 years ago. 1941, we had a minus 8 in the Twin Cities. On this date in 1965, that would be 54 years ago, it snowed 11.2 inches. 
and that melted down to 0.89 inch precipitation. Um, our biggest snowpack um, ever on St. Patrick's Day, 21 inches, that'd be on this date, 1962. We're three days before full moon. I saw the full moon last night. It was high overhead, about 10 o'clock. Um, but um, the moon set this morning at 5.30 and will rise again at 3.13 this afternoon. This coming Wednesday, March 20th, is the vernal equinox, vernal meaning spring and equinox meaning equal night. And that's when astronomical spring begins in the northern hemisphere. That'll happen at 4.58 p.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the time when the sun reaches a celestial equator, it's the imaginary line through the sky above the Earth's equator. As the sun's center crosses this line, the season changes. Totally amazing that that astronomers can figure this out. On on Wednesday, March 20th, is also the full moon and the third consecutive month with a super full moon because the moon is nearest to the Earth and it's uh, as close as point would call it perigee in its elliptical orbit. So like on January 20th and February 19th, the moon is will be 14% bigger on the 20th, and of course it'll appear brighter than it did when the moon was at apogee, which is the farthest point in its orbit, and that happened on March 4th. Um, the vernal, I should mention too, some, somebody sent me a note here, and they said, doesn't spring always start on the 21st? Well, the way the orbits work is that you can have vernal equinox on either March 20th or the 21st, depending on what year you're talking about. After the vernal equinox is coming uh, Wednesday, March 20th, nights in the northern hemisphere continue to become shorter than 12 hours and days longer. These minutes of daylight gained each day in the northern hemisphere are important to all life. And, of course, it's the opposite in the southern hemisphere. But the steady advance of of sunlight in the northern hemisphere affects the sprouting, flowering, fruiting, migration, courtship, and mating of our um, planet's living things. A couple more things. On Wednesday the 20th, the sun is in a position relative to the earth to make days and nights equal length in all parts of the globe. So no matter where you are, 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of darkness. There is an exception, though, um, and I'll talk about that in just a second. The sun will rise on the 20th, due east on the horizon, and set due west on the horizon on that day. Okay, that's all places on the earth except at the poles. And wouldn't it be fun to be standing on the top of the North Pole and watch the sun? It's on the horizon all day, travels one complete circuit in 24 hours. I wonder if there's any video of that around. Oh, there's got to be. Somebody would be so interested in that and would want to do it. Well, anyway, seven years ago, on this St. Patrick's Day, uh, seven years ago today, the Twin Cities and area experienced a high temperature, 38 degrees above the normal high of 42. And, of course, that was 80, an 82-degree reading 
taken at MSP International Airport. And not only was it a new high record for March 17th, but it's the highest temperature. Um, it, it marks the highest temperature um, and the earliest 80 degree ever recorded in the Twin Cities. Lots of things happened outdoors on that special day. Uh, some golf courses were open. Honeybees um, visited common snowdrop flowers and gardens. Ice covers left many small lakes. Now, I'm going to name some of them because it's, this is kind of neat, thinking about ice out on this day seven years ago. Fountain Lake in Albert Lee, Lake Titanke at Waterville, Whale Tail Lake in Minnetrista, according to Don Summers, Swede Lake near Watertown, Brant Lake in Waconia, according to Dan Nybauer, Theater Worth Lake, or sometimes we just call it Worth Lake in Golden Valley, Norton Stillman noticed that one, and Lake Nokomis, ice went out, Lake Nokomis in Minneapolis, Steve Murph, Murph, Murphy, Steve Murphy from WCCO reported that one. I put it in my notes. Uh, Turtle Lake on the shore, in Shoreview, Ramsey County, by a WCCO listener. Also that special day, March 17, 2012, maple sap flowed, grasses began greening on south-facing slopes, western chorus frogs were calling, Julie Brophy from Victoria saw the first of the year painted turtles up sunny on logs in Kelzer Pond. What a day that was. Well, you know what? We're going to have some warm days this week. Boy, I guess it's uh, really going to be uh, quite a warm-up by the end of the week for sure. I know. 56, I, know. I think, by Saturday. Oh, we're going to enjoy it. For yep. Sure. For sure. Well, I've got some reports from people all kind of all around CCO. Sure. Yeah. Julie Brophy from Victoria reports seeing dark-eyed juncos yesterday bathing in a, in a small puddle in their yard, and she is hearing these juncos singing their spring songs. Tammy Vogel from Afton and Ron Refs Snyder from Coon Rapids yesterday saw the first common red poles of the winter in their yards. And no doubt these birds are on their way back north. I have several reports of bald eagles returning to uh, nesting sites uh, near, or oh, some near Hackensack and Bemidji. Over 100 bald eagles were counted at Hawk Ridge uh, by March 10th, that's Hawk Ridge and Duluth. And I have more reports of common red poles and, and pine grosbeaks leaving northern Minnesota feeding station and heading back farther north. A peregrine falcon came back to the Pentair building. That's at the intersection of 394 and Highway 100 on the edge of Golden Valley. And that was Wednesday, March 13th. Jim Hubder from Little Rock Lake, that's right near Rice, has not seen any new migratory birds at his feeding station, but this week he should. With the warmer temperatures coming, red-winged blackbirds should be back, and there's several other species that he might be seeing. But he says blue jays are still very numerous, and at Jim's feeding station, he has seven to eight morning doves coming often. Don and Mary Summers from Summerskogan, that's a sugar bush in Minnetarista, have worked hard to get 1,052 caps out. That's drilling into the trees. They need they needed to walk on snowshoes. 
<laughs> How about said, that? <laughs> Don said it was tough work. When they were out in the, you know, the snow at that time when they started was more than 20 inches deep in their sugar bush. Um, the trees ran a little bit on Wednesday, March 13th, but not enough to collect any sap yet. But with warming temperatures expected this week, Mary and Don are hoping for some very good sap runs. Keith Radel from Fairboat reports that 42 inches of snow fell there in February and two inches of rain this past week. March 13th, Wednesday, this past week, the first migrating American robins arrived in their yard. And these robins, they came in the early evening, about 25 of them, in the tops of the trees. All were very noisy and flighty, not quiet and reserved like the wintering over robins. Lately, Keith saw some American coots, lesser scalp, and several pairs of common mergansers on an open water part of Wells Lake. Uh, Arlen and Doris uh, Glander from Randolph, Minnesota, um, that's um, kind of northeast of, of Northfield. Anyway, they had a, a half dozen migrating American robins, I believe it was yesterday. Their daughter called from Randolph, Wisconsin. That's uh, closer to Madison. And she heard Eastern Bluebirds singing yesterday. So the Bluebirds are on their way north and should be here this week. Mary Brislance from Lutzen still has pine siskins coming to her feeding station for sunflower chips and a Canada Jay that likes bread cut up and cut up hot dog parts and seeds and likes to drink water from the heated bird bath. And she said it's been kind of a, uh, well, not kind of, a big mess up there with the melting, um, the snow, there's lots of snow there, and uh, the melting conditions, it's it's just been difficult getting around. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairboat report seeing the tiny snow fleas. These are also called springtails. If you see them on the snow, they look like little dots of pepper. But you put your finger down near them and they'll jump, you know, a couple inches. Pretty amazing. Uh, they saw them on the Woodland Trail of Riverbend Nature Center uh, there in Fairboat. Wednesday the 13th at Wells Lake, which is partly open because of the Cannon River flowing through it. Um, Tom observed eight species of waterfowl, including redheads, canvasbacks, pintails, common mergansers, and on the, the 14th, three more species, um, ringnecks, common golden eyes, and he saw five wood ducks. Also on the 14th, Tom saw his first of the year male red-winged blackbirds at Riverbend Nature Center. Paul Grusing, who lives south of Fairmont um, says that melting snow and with with the rain and then frozen frozen soil and so on creates lots and lots of ponding, and they notice that in their area. But he took a fishing trip this past week to Lake of the Woods, and Paul said that lots of snow and slush on the top of the lake, two to three feet of snow and slush. And the ice thickness is about three feet. They were catching saugers, walleyes, tulipies, eel pot, which are also called burbot, and that's a freshwater codfish. Ray and Marlene Simon live near the Cannon River on the edge of Northfield, 
report that the water level of the Cannon River is high and flooding has begun. Marlene spotted the first returning turkey vultures last Monday, the 11th, and five migrating male American robins arrived in their yard Wednesday, the 13th. And again, they were definitely migrants because they were noisy and very flighty. Marlene spotted the first of the year active eastern chipmunk up above ground at their place on Friday. And they saw their first raccoon last Sunday and have been hearing wild turkeys gobbling. Um, well, they heard them yesterday. Russ Ritberger reports from their home along Bass Creek in Brooklyn Park. The creek opened up early Wednesday. Uh, that'd be March 13th, at early Wednesday evening. And five or six mallard ducks came immediately when there was open water and walked up in their yard and ate some of the seeds underneath the feeders. By yesterday, over 50 mallards were using the open water near their home and coming up to Russ and Sandy's corn feeder. Yesterday morning, a female mallard went into one of their mallard hay cylinders. The first two red-winged blackbird males arrived Wednesday the 13th, and the first migratory American robins returned last Sunday. And Russ thinks that the first wood ducks should be back in maybe two to five days. Now, the Ripburgers have 45 wood duck nesting boxes on their half-acre lot, and they've done it in a really neat way. We, Sandy and I have been there to see this. It's it's totally incredible, and they get wood ducks in almost every single house. Diane and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, began tapping um, sugar maple trees in their sugar bush yesterday and are looking for some good sap flows this week. They are noticing and have, for the last couple of days, circles of snow, of no snow, rather, around the trees and a huge change from a week ago. Last Tuesday the 12th, they saw red-tailed hawk carrying nesting material and two raccoons out and about. On Wednesday the 13th, there was lots of ponding resulting from the frozen soil, rain, and melting snow. And by Thursday, this is past Thursday, the ponds and fields had grown to like small lakes with waves. And yesterday morning, the flooded fields had ice on the ponds. Incredible. What what weather we have. Do you have time for a little more? We do, and we have some uh, some input from our listeners as well, if you have time. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll just do this quickly. Sure. Val Rukavina from Hopkins Minnetonk area reports that the first Canada geese were back on ponds and, and declaring their territories. That was just this past Friday. Gary Vollmer called me from the south side of Swan Lake. That's near... Nicollet, about a dozen miles west of St. Peter, uh, called me yesterday. He reports, first Canada geese arrived Tuesday, March 12th. The, the 13th Wednesday, trumpeter swans came to glean and harvested cornfields. Friday, the first skunk. Coyotes were howling on Friday evening. Sixteen deer come to eat corn, he puts out. Red wings are still around. They came a week ago. His wife, I found out her name is it's Sarah. Sarah's wife. Is at the Platte River in Nebraska near Kearney. She's coming home today. There is flooding in the uh, in the Platte River area, serious flooding in Nebraska. But she said she's seen big flocks of white-fronted and snow geese 
and lots of sand hill grains, in fact, thousands. Anyone driving on I-80 east of Kearney to the city of North Black Platte area will have the chance to see the sand hill cranes in big numbers for the next week and probably beyond. All right. Well, now, do you have... Yes, we have a couple. We have, there was an email uh, from a listener in uh, Prior Lake who last Tuesday, I believe, was usually gets dozens of cardinals at the feeders, but uh, during that last heavy snow, I didn't see any. Are cardinals affected by that heavy snow is his question. Oh, yes, yes. For sure. And I hope none of them lost their lives in the snow. I guess. But, yes, it, it's it's tough. I mean, we had... We had like 16 coming, and now we're now we have four. And I don't know if it's because, you know, they're spreading out in territories. You know, I hear them singing in their territories, or because some were, were destroyed in the storms. I don't know yet. All right, real quick, uh, some text messages. Uh, let's see, Red Wing Blackbird in Woodville, Wisconsin, Friday. Okay. Uh, a, a texter from Henriette said uh, a tree started budding a few weeks ago. Isn't that a bit early? few weeks ago well you know if, if it's if the tree's in such a location getting some warm sunlight yeah that the, the, actually the buds form you know they form like last summer by budding what we mean is the buds start to swell okay so they're just getting a little bigger and we really notice them some returning robins yesterday in wells minnesota flighty and noisy and finally uh texter from chatech wisconsin said highway 53 near the barren exit a black bear walking along that highway that was uh, on okay. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Normally the bears come out of their winter sleep, uh, you know, like mid-April. But here, you know, further south, like in that area, mm-hmm. um, that's not too surprising. All right. Wow. Well, we have to go, Jim, but let's okay. uh, do this again next week. How about you say? Look forward to it. Me too. Have a good week, Jim. You too. Bye. Uh, Jim Gilbert back next Sunday morning with more Nature Notes here on News Talk 830 WCC. Weather is coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.